Hello writers and welcome to another episode of Writing Today. In this episode of Writing Today we'll be discussing 15 writing rules that will improve your dialogue. As always you can read this article on my website thepensleuth.com. Now without further ado let's get straight into it. First, dialogue is a wonderful essential for any book with speaking characters, yet it is easy to write mediocre dialogue. Here are 15 rules that ensure your next dialogue serves its purpose and has an impact on the reader. So let's break the ice. The first rule is make use of proper grammar. Writers have their own formats for writing dialogue. Depending on education and origin, there are many formats that work in writing. With that in mind, you can improve your dialogue by establishing a clean, simple format. For example, my dialogue format helps cut out unnecessary tags. For example, you can establish a clean dialogue format by simply using one tag. For example, you have a line of dialogue with a tag such as she muttered or he said, and then you can move on throughout the dialogue between a back and forth of two characters. This is a simple format that allows the reader to know exactly who is speaking. To chop it off, it cuts out anything that isn't necessary. Proper grammar goes a long way, and once you find your format, stick to it. Nothing will jeopardize the flow of dialogue more if you confuse your reader down the line. On a personal note, I recommend experimentation with dialogue. You might find one better suited for you than any other. You may even find certain formats suited for different genres. The next rule with dialogue is to avoid said. While said is not the worst word in the world to use, there are better alternatives. Conveying emotion isn't easy, but one way that helps to do so is using different verbs. It is often debated whether said should be the chief word used in dialogue. But yes, I am the one speaking in this podcast, and with a measure of poetic license, I say it shouldn't. A few examples of words you can use instead of said are I yelled, bleated, barked, roared, screamed, murmured, whispered, muttered, pleaded, begged, cried, lied, snapped, jabbered, gibbered, mumbled, grunted, snorted, cackled, rumbled, spat, screeched, etc. We have all these words and more at our disposal, so we should make proper use of them. If you feel like expressing a character's emotions better, experiment with examples such as this. Rule number three, simple dialogue is powerful dialogue. Exposition is one of the worst forms of storytelling. The only time exposition is really ever used is if the character just simply speaks that way, or it is a more realistic form of exposition. Otherwise, dialogue is best kept simple for the writers and the reader. Simple dialogue is often the most powerful as well. You cannot spend your time writing complex sentences if they fall flat. Take this line of dialogue for example. I love you, he told her, more than anything I do as opposed to this version of the dialogue. My feelings for you are greater than that of general affection, he told her. These feelings for you amount more than the feelings I have for anything else. Of that I am sure. While you can argue the second example is more poetic, it isn't as powerful. These interactions are more powerful with history back in them as well. Yet simple speech is not only easier to read, but is easier to relate to as well. In this case, less is more. Rule number four, make use of unique speech. Characters will have different backgrounds and education. With that in mind, most characters will have different phrasings. For example, you write their speech on their pronunciation. In this way, you capture the characters as well as their accents. 
So, for colloquialisms like you're sure of that, of course, unique speech can be more in-depth than the way of the characters pronouncing words. Colloquialisms are another matter to consider. Phrases traced back to their origin country or societal group, jargon and slang included. Unique speech also helps to describe a character's personality. It is for this reason you can see why many professional writers take their time here. Developing a personality for a character requires a lot of thought, yet it will make for an interesting character from beginning to end. Rule number 5. Check the purpose of the dialogue. It is easy to write dialogue that is meaningless. When I say meaningless, I mean something worse than small talk. Dialogue builds a character or progresses a story. If dialogue fails to do either, it is on thin ice. There are many reasons to include such dialogue, such as comedy. Yet if you find yourself lacking any smaller reason as well, that dialogue is best omitted. It is better to keep things simple, that way the reader stays invested. With that said, you break the immersion with dialogue not fitting the story or characters. For example, I saw a cloud the other day, William said. I saw a cloud too, his brother replied. William nodded. I tried to make this example lack comedy, but that is difficult without context, yet I'm sure you get the idea. Be sure to check your dialogue for its purpose in the novel and avoid the small talk. Rule number six is use realistic dialogue. Too often a writer will type out a cliche or some other unrealistic dialogue. It is so easy that it might take the writer a while to realize what they have done. Writers often do this to avoid swearing in their novel, but it is often unnecessary. For example, the monster bit off the sailor's right hand in a gory display. Goodness me, the sailor yelled, that hurts an awful lot. As you can see, that doesn't read better than something that involves a lot of swearing. If your story includes some strong imagery, it will need some strong language. It makes a scene far more gritty and believable. The reader wants to be immersed but not coddled like a child when something bad happens. Rule number 7. Put thought behind speech. You're not the only one in the story. When you create a character, you have to approach dialogue from their perspective. You have to ask yourself what is their opinion of the character they are speaking to? What kind of mood are they in? What kind of person are they when the pressure is placed upon them? Take this dialogue example between a bandit and a knight. You know you need my help, the outlaw told the knight. You best realize that before we are both killed. You killed too many of my people for me to care about your life, the knight replied. Yet, my king is in danger. If receiving the help of a demon ensures his safety, so be it. Watch where you swing that sword then, and I'll watch where I swing mine. The dialogue gives us enough information on that situation. We know the relationship between the characters, their opinions of each other, yet we also know that they wish to live for a different purpose. For the bandit or outlaw, it is so he can live, and for the knight, it is so his king may live. Despite the cooperation, these two still have ill feelings towards each other. Simple thought behind dialogue and it conveys the character's intentions to the reader. Rule number 8. Avoid repetition. There's a small list of don'ts that I will mention. The first is to avoid repetition. Some characters may argue, but it will only bore the reader if there is no progress. In these cases, it is best to show some change or introduce a new conflict. In other words, to develop the characters. The same would apply in any form of repetition. Characters repeating lines is nonsensical if they lack purpose. 
Ensure that you limit these lines as much as possible. A catchphrase or two is enough, but after that you are simply creating a robot of a character. Take this dialogue for example, making use of repetition. You can do this sir, the private told the captain. You are the best there is. I will see it done, soldier. That's right, you will. You are the best, sir, and that is why you can do this. A big no to this in any shape or form. Rule number nine is to avoid the awkward small talk. Small talk is much like speech without purpose, yet small talk is more on common subjects. These conversations not only serve no purpose, they bore the reader as well. Dialogue centered on the story is what will keep the reader's attention, not thoughts on the weather. Take this for example. I was hoping for rain today, Lionel grunted. Yes, but I heard there'll be some tomorrow, Ruby replied hopefully. Unless this dialogue contains code exchanged between two secret agents, I would give it a pass and anything else like it. Rule number 10 is avoid using names. Another simple rule, avoid using names in dialogue. While it is fine to tag a person speaking, names are often not mentioned in dialogue. That is not to say they will never be. In some cases, mentioning the name of the character serves a purpose. Take this line for example. Robert Stephen Musgrave? Robert's mother yelled. You get in here this instant. Come in, Mom. Robert nervously called back. Yet most of the time, it won't make any sense if you do include names. Take this for example. Good morning, Robert Stephen Musgrave. Robert's mother greeted. Good morning, Barbara Allison Musgrave. Robert replied. It'll be far better to simply say good morning and make it more believable. Otherwise, it sounds like breakfast talk between two aliens. Rule number 11. Consider character reactions. Certain dialogue should receive certain reactions. It is often that writers who are starting out don't know how to keep a conversation flowing. Sometimes information will surprise someone or offend them. It helps improve dialogue if you include at least one or two reactionary dialogues as well. And of course, I said, yellow, she continued. What? I can't believe you said that. It always pays to have fun with such reactions as well. In a dialogue between antagonist and protagonist, reactions make the dialogue more impactful. Something to remember if you hit a dead end in such a scene. Rule number 12, action while speaking. More often than not, your characters are doing something while speaking, including an action helps give a sense of pacing and even tension. Of course, this can be any action you wish. Something related to the character, the dialogue, or the story helps too. I'm almost out of nails, I yelled over the hammering. Take some of mine, Sarah replied, positioning a board over the window. And hurry up, they're almost here. It helps position the characters, it makes them feel more alive, Having them react to the physical and audible world immerses the reader more. All these benefits for a little extra effort. It needn't be so dramatic, your characters could be making breakfast, yet having the action will add to the dialogue. Rule 13. Emotions cloud dialogue. If your characters are arguing, they will speak with anger. If they are sad, they will speak with misery. You can experiment with how each acts following the same emotion. But emotions play a huge part in dialogue. It might slow it down, it might speed it up, yet by keeping the emotions of the characters in mind, you improve it nevertheless. I don't know if we should do this, Louis murmured, his fingers tapping. What if we get caught? 
then we get caught. Craig shrugged, placing a hand on Louis. But we need to try, Louis, and you know I need your help. I, I, uh, fine. You can almost catch the anxiety from the character. You breathe out with his grunt. These emotions are easy to capture if you keep them in mind. A dash of empathy in order to relate to the people speaking is a great way to show emotion. In the end, the dialogue is more impactful. Rule 14. Read dialogue aloud. A more common rule, but it will help if you find yourself stuck. Some dialogue isn't easy to write. The kind of dialogue you have no experience with, for example. That is why it is better to read it aloud. Doing so will help place you in the situation, and you can better think of the right response. Reading the dialogue aloud is the most useful tool for combating these simple difficulties. And the 15th rule, break narrative with dialogue. Finally, the last piece of advice you need to hear. Narrative can be long-winded and boring, yet there's always an opportunity to break it up with dialogue. The last rule on this list is not applying to how to write dialogue, but when to write a dialogue. If you find the narrative too slow and need to speed things along, use dialogue. It is a tool used in the real world, it is a tool used in your novel. Don't be afraid to introduce some dialogue and take the story a step forward in the right direction. And with that, I'll leave the podcast here. As always, you can read this article on my website, thepensleuth.com. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of Writing Today. Bye for now.